Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Oh, good morning. Uh, welcome. Let's uh, open in a word of prayer and then we'll jump into the passage. Let's close our eyes. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you that we can do things slightly differently, that we can uh, just be reminded that we aren't here to just sit and listen the whole time, but that we are we're here to participate and be part of the service because we are here to encourage and build one another up in light of who we serve, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. So Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to share this morning. We thank you for your word, and we pray that as we go into this next section that we will think through your word and weigh it up in our hearts and our minds, and that it may truly come alive to us through the power of your spirit. So speak to us this morning through your word, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Uh, Amen. Great. Well, as you can see on your outline there, I've uh, just put something in a box that says recap. So recap was uh, verse 16 says rejoice always. Uh, If you were here two weeks ago, Ludwig touched on that. Uh, He spoke about re-grace or recalling grace. Uh, Some important things that you need to keep in mind because it all ties up hopefully today a bit more. So we rejoice always. is important because we will be recalling grace. And when you're recalling grace, you are naturally going to respond uh, with rejoicing for what God has done for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Verse 17 was pray continually. So last week, Ludwig looked at that. Uh, The two things that I just want to grab hold of there that he said last week was not leaving unnecessary gaps. I thought that was a helpful comment for us to keep in mind as we're thinking about what it means to pray continually is that it's not to leave unnecessary gaps. And that um, as we pray continually, we see that grace gives the assurance that I can talk to God. Uh, I thought those are two wonderful comments. Uh, If you heard them last week, if you didn't, now you heard them again, uh, that Ludwig made. Um, And just as a reminder, the series that we are working through is um, called God's Will for Us in Jesus, or in Christ Jesus. Okay? So it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And this is what we've been thinking about. So last week, the last two weeks was rejoice always, pray continually, and all in light of what? Well, that it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. And this week, we will be looking at that next section, um, verse 18 in particular, which says, it's there on your outline, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that is a challenge maybe, because when you hear that, immediately your attention is drawn to the all circumstances and then the giving thanks, and that becomes frightening, uh, and suddenly you think, how can I give thanks in all circumstances? Well, before I dive into this passage in and of itself, I thought I'd use the opportunity to not only um, share my own experience, but also update you at the same time with things that's been happening with Zahn, because uh, some of you may be wondering. Um, so last week, Saturday, Zahn was ta- we took her uh, into hospital. Uh, she had incredibly 
incredible pains in her stomach, um, which we were unsure what exactly was happening. Um, but what you all need to know, and this is what we know as the doctors, in this circumstance, uh, he said when he operated, he said that there is the possibility that when you have operated in that way within the stomach, it can grow against itself. And so what's happened is her intestines have grown in certain areas against itself and against other things. And so that makes it really difficult if, because if you know your stomach at the end of a big meal, it's going... Okay, that's, that happens with all of us, and that's what's happening with her. And on top of that, her stomach is still trying to adjust and reset itself. So with that, there was a kink that was made at some point. Um, so her stomach twisted, and it didn't want to untwist because there was a bit of swelling and stuff. And so she was lying for four days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and actually Wednesday, um, in hospital with an excruciating pain and discomfort. Um, needless to say, they took, wheeled her in on Wednesday, operated, clean, sorted it all out. And um, the doctor that did the procedure was happy. He said afterwards everything was operable. He could fix it. This can happen with these kind of situations. But this is what I want to come and share with you on one side is same surgeon that did the previous operation. And so he took a, a look around while he was busy operating. And he said with his own eye, he couldn't see anything. There's no sign of any cancer from what he could see. And that was great news. It was fantastic. And so we're thankful for that. And we're rejoicing for that. Um, and on top of that, Zahn is now busy recovering. She's already up. She's walking around. She's functioning normally, which is great. So we are grateful. In light of all of that, um, I want to share a bit about my struggle this week. And uh, this is discussions that I've been having with some people through the week. Sunday when I went to go and see Zahn Sunday morning, I was incredibly angry. I was asking the question, why is it that she has to now be in hospital again? Uh, and so I, I isolated myself, thinking this within myself, and frustrated and moaning, and this is not what I want. And that was my heart, was I don't want this. Needless to say, I wasn't thinking, shame, what is my wife thinking? I was saying, oh, I don't want this. I have to now go to the hospital again and go through all of this all over again. Um, and maybe some of you think, Sean, that's really selfish. Well, then good, because it is. Um, there was a selfish thought of me, but I, I was struggling this week with this feeling like, why do we have to go through this all over again? And um, that was my state of mind, if I can allow you into my state of mind this week. Uh, that was where I was at the beginning of this week, frustrated. Sunday, I was angry, I was agitated. Monday, I woke up and I was feeling very much in the same vein of things because I hadn't dealt with the day before and woke up and still, I've got to go and see her and she's not doing well. And, um, and after some time, I had a chat or two. One of them, I had a chat with Ludwig and we started thinking through these things and I shared with him. And as I started to confess my frustration, uh, I was becoming more honest, more forthright with how I feel about the circumstance, how I feel about, how I think about God within the circumstance. 
And suddenly I had to start thinking, but what is this? And with the help of Ludwig and a few others, the, the changing in my thinking to think about what, what, do I, what am I really believing about God in light of this situation? What do I believe? Is it, is it so easy to just get frustrated with life and frustrated with circumstance that I fail to rejoice? That I fail to pray? That I fail to give thanks to God? Well, the reality is my circumstance is bigger than everybody else's in my mind. And so that's how I respond. This circumstance, this obstacle, this thing becomes too big. And so I wrestled with it a little bit further and we're thinking this through and going, okay, well, actually, what do I believe about the grace that God has shown us? If I believe that Jesus came into this world to die for us, what am I saying about what God has shown me through Jesus Christ in light of the circumstance? No, 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 that's not enough. I, I want the circumstance to change. I don't want to know what God has done. No, I, I want the circumstance to be different. And the more I wrestled through it, the more I began to realize, actually, that's not how it works. Because to recognize that what Jesus Christ came to do was far greater than healing physically or emotionally, that he came to save us from what we truly deserve. And what we deserve is death. And suddenly the penny started to drop. I'm not saying it did drop. It's still dropping. And this is how it's going. And, and, and I hope that this is getting you to think as well a little bit about it. But so it's unfolding in my thinking. And so after meeting with Ludwig, after having a chat, suddenly realizing that the grace that Jesus Christ has shown us has removed these obstacles in our lives that prevent us from coming closer to him. And the reality is that God longs for us to be intimately close to him. And I use that word because it is probably one of the best words to describe the type of relationship that God wants with us is an intimate one. A skin-on-skin that nothing can divide. Nothing can come in between. And if there's something in between, then we're going to feel discomfort. We're going to either get agitated or we're going to... Something's not going to feel right. But he wants us to be close to him. And so, wrestling through this, we can begin to see that these discomforts, these awkward things, these frustrations, it's grace that comes in and removes that so that we can have a deeper relationship with Jesus, with God, that we can come closer to him, that nothing can come in the way again. But if you are like me this week, come Tuesday, I'm on my way to go and meet with Sean Kelly, not myself, Sean Kelly. I'm driving in the car, this day is not how I want it to be. My wife is still in hospital. And I'm agitated. And as I'm driving, I start thinking this through. No, what am I believing about Jesus Christ today? And as I'm busy thinking this through, I start calming down and I start realizing that continually, 
I need to pray. I need to come before God. I need to rejoice in light of what He has done. But when I got and sat down with Sean, maybe he noticed it, I don't know. But I was still agitated. I was still a little bit, this isn't the way I want. And we started talking, talking about Jesus, talking about the truth of the gospel, of grace, what Jesus has done for us. And suddenly there is a lifting, a peace. And a lightness in your heart because you realize that the things that you're grumbling about don't compare to what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so Wednesday came and it was the day of the procedure. And looking at that, it was phenomenal. I I wasn't maybe fully conscious of what I was thinking the whole way through. And that's me being honest. But what I will say is that in light of these unfolding things, there was an immense amount of peace that was carried through because I was resting and trusting to some degree in Jesus Christ. And that nothing that could happen on that day could strip away what Jesus had done for us. And that's, that's good news if you think about that. But there is nothing, no challenge, no obstacle, no hardship in your life that cannot be overcome by God and what He has done through Jesus Christ. And that there is grace that removes obstacles that you can come closer to Him. So, I'll pick up again here in, the, in your outline. I said, rejoicing is experiencing the favor of God's grace. And then thanksgiving is the declaring of God's grace being good. Uh, those are two points that I've picked up from, uh, from what Ludwig has also been saying. So I'm just repeating a lot of what Ludwig has said. But I want us to think that through. Rejoicing is experiencing the favor of God's grace. It's something that you experience, but it's, it's something not that you're experiencing just for the sake of experience, but because it's true. It's genuine. And that moves you as well to giving thanks. It leads you to declaring it, not just to yourself, but to those around you. And so I've asked this question, what motivates us to give thanks in all circumstances? Well, I've told you one side of my week, and hopefully it's got you thinking maybe about your weeks. But the first thing is, um, it's all, it is all too easy to say that life is not good, perfect, ideal to your personal dreams and wishes, or how we had planned, to do, to, planned it to be. And we know that there are constantly hiccups along the way. And how is it possible to give thanks in all those circumstances? We, we struggle, essentially. What I'm getting at is we struggle when life is difficult to come to God. We struggle to give thanks when life is not the way we want it to be. We, we really do. And when, when it's really tough, when things get hard, we pull back and we grumble under our breath. Um, and we get frustrated. And it's hard to give thanks. But what I also noticed this week is, in light of what I've faced, um, is after Zon's operation, things stabilized, became better, became easier. And so I had to put in the second thing is, when life does pan out at times, the way we hoped it would, or just seems good or smooth sailing, we also find ourselves failing to be thankful because we become so easily comfortable. 
Aren't we peculiar creatures? Life gets so difficult, we can't give thanks. And life gets so good that you can't give thanks. Because you're so focused on just you and your comfort that you can't actually be thankful in all circumstances. And I say this because toward the end of the week, I was going, God, things are going good. No, thank you, Lord. You are gracious. No, but yeah, things are good, so I can get a good night's sleep. And, and how quickly we regress back into this way of actually no thanks at all. Kind of walk around patting ourselves on the back, saying, you, you got through today, it was a good day, don't worry. Hopefully tomorrow will be just as good. If not, we'll see. And it's interesting, as I was thinking about Thanksgiving, I mean, immediately my mind goes to, for example, America, and they spend, I don't know, as much as they probably do at Christmas time on their Thanksgiving meals. But, uh, so I thought a little bit, the world's view of giving thanks is, is to be grateful for your blessings that you receive in life. Um, and this also has personal benefits. And this is just a comment, kind of a, I picked up a, com- a couple of comments that I heard people say. Um, it's amazing what you can find on the internet nowadays. People do little one-minute video clips telling you why you celebrate Thanksgiving. And they say, well, because you, you've been blessed. So, so, yeah, recognize you've been blessed. But it's so vague. Because our thankfulness as Christians isn't a vague thing. There is a motive. There's a thing that drives us for our thankfulness. It's not a vagueness. And further than that, there's, there's this, uh, on your outline you can see there, there's a research that has been done, that gives, that's been done into giving thanks and suggests five things, um, five effects it has on a person. And I thought this was just interesting, out of curiosity. This is a guy that spent his time studying and working on psychology and and particularly zooming in on Thanksgiving. And he says, well, the benefits that Thanksgiving actually has, and that in itself is a fascinating statement, the benefits that Thanksgiving has for you is counting blessings boosts your health, slows down your aging clock, puts the brakes on stress. Being thankful helps you to bond with people and gratefulness is good for the heart and waistline. So there's your, your cure for the, uh, all your troubles. I know mine's in there as well. But is giving thanks really that? As we understand thanksgiving, when we think about Jesus Christ, when we think about His grace and what He did and what we are called to give thanks for, Are we supposed to be giving thanks to God because it's supposed to boost your health, slow down your aging clock, put the brakes on your stress, help you bond with people, gratefulness, and helps your heart and your waistline? I mean, those are maybe nice things to think about, but giving thanks in all circumstance runs deeper because it is the will, God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's not a live-long scheme. It's not a health plan. It's not about what it benefits you or how it benefits you. But it does. Don't get me wrong. It does. So let's think about this for a moment. Giving thanks is part of God's will for our lives. What does that mean to you? How is giving thanks? I mean, we've thought about rejoicing 
We've thought about praying continually, but how is giving thanks in all circumstances part of God's will for your life? Do you believe that? Have you thought that through? Have you considered that for a moment, that actually not only does God want you to be saved or to have life, but actually He wants you to be giving thanks continually? Have you considered that? So here's some thoughts, some questions. I said, are our lives responding and declaring the grace that God has shown us through His Son, Jesus Christ? Is your life responding and declaring the grace that God has shown us through Jesus Christ? Is that how you are responding to circumstances in life? That no matter what sways your boat, no matter what tips you, that you are actually able to recognize, respond and declare what Jesus has done for you. That His grace has saved you from what you truly deserve. That His grace has removed the obstacle that prevented you from coming to Him. Next question. Is the grace of Christ foundational in our rejoicing our continual praise and in our thanksgiving. What is the thing that's... Why are you rejoicing right now if you're rejoicing? Why are you praying? Is it because of circumstances or is it because of what Jesus Christ has done for you? Why are you giving thanks? Is it for earthly blessings? Is it for health? Is it for wealth? Or is it because of Jesus Christ and what He has done for you? Another question. Has the grace that Christ Jesus has given us got the power to remove any obstacle or obstruction that may be coming between us and God and preventing a deeper and intimate relationship with Him and His people? So now I've shared a bunch of things with you this morning. I want you to think a little bit. Weigh this up. What in your heart, what in your life, what in what you have is occupying your time, your attention, your brain power, your ability to turn to God, to recognize the grace that God has shown you, to see Jesus? What is getting in the way? What's that thing that niggles you because in actual fact you know that it's slowing you down from coming closer to Jesus? It's a frightening thing in one sense because we put these things in the way. And if you think about it, we put obstacles in the way. We put loopholes in the way. We put these things that we have to do in the way of actually just coming to Jesus. And it's a beautiful image when you think about it. In the Old Testament, we see the requirements for God's people to come before Him. There were sacrifices, laws, things that they had to live according to. And what does God do? He says, here is my Son who fulfills those things. Now in Him you can come freely. So anything that gets in the way again Something that we are putting there because God hasn't put it there. 
We're putting it there out of our own deceived or deceitful nature. And it needs to be removed again. We need to be reminded that by the power of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, His grace can remove that so that we can come closer to Him again. See, here's another thought. God's will then would be reflected in a life that is rejoicing, praying, and giving thanks in all circumstances, whether good or bad, without unnecessary gaps, always recalling the reason for joy, which is the grace that Christ has shown us. And you can go and chew on that a little bit further, but I, wrestling through it, how can we say it as nicely as possible what these three verses are saying? And I, it's working through that continually. Continually. Rejoicing and praying and giving thanks in all circumstances, whether good or bad. I actually want to include that. It's not whether your circumstances are bad. It's whether they're good or bad, any circumstance. Without unnecessary gaps, without long distances of you coming to God and always recalling the reason for joy, which is the grace that Christ has shown us. So, part of some of the concluding thoughts here is I've put down one truth about giving thanks, one beneficial truth about giving thanks. And this is wrapped up as well with rejoicing and continually praying. But it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus, in whom we receive grace to rejoice in the potential of an ever-deepening relationship with Him. This is good news worth giving thanks for. That the grace that is shown enables us to grow deeper and deeper and deeper in a relationship with Jesus Christ, with who our Heavenly Father is. This is good news. And the reality is, if you are like me, you're going to struggle with this. You're going to have ups and downs and ups and downs, but the amazing, incredible beauty of it is that the more you talk about it, the more you wrestle with it, the more you think about it, the deeper you go, the deeper you get to experience Jesus Christ and what he has done and his love for you. But on the other side, if you don't, if you don't want to do this, it will just lie there, it will stagnate. So there's a bit of a choice that we have. You can either choose to engage with this, recognize the walls that have been broken down, and enter in, or we can go, well, I'm fine for now. I'll let it simmer. But unfortunately, nothing will happen of that. We are called to, to dig deeper. So, closing thought is this. If you'll turn to... Or you actually don't have to turn. I'll read it for us. John 1, uh, verse 14 to 17. I, I read this because it, I want to close with this because it just reminds me of Jesus. Uh, I mean, it's talking about Jesus, but it's... Let me read it. I can't say anything. Verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is beautiful. Listen to this. For from His fullness 
we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is amazing because it is Jesus Christ who brings grace and truth to all circumstances, to all areas, always. So whether you are rejoicing or praying or giving thanks, it's there when you come before your Heavenly Father that you find grace and truth. Before I close completely, I'll try one last thing slightly different, if I may. Normally we do ask if anybody has something to share. I want to ask something particular. It's very specific. Has anybody got something that they would like to stand up wherever you are? You don't have to come up. One sentence, whatever. That you would like to give thanks God for in light of Jesus Christ and his grace that he has shown you. Has anybody got something that they want to give thanks to God for in light of Jesus Christ and his grace for your life? And the reason why I want to do this is this is part of um, what JP was doing. So we're leading the service together this morning. So let's end on a good foot of giving thanks. This is Thanksgiving month. So this is another way of also giving thanks. Give thanks to God for his son, Jesus Christ, in an area of your life that you might want to give thanks. Anybody? Amen. Is this encouraging some of you? That's amazing. Yes, Karine. Amen. Isn't this encouraging? This is what being a family in Jesus Christ is all about. Go for it, sure. Okay. Well, I want to stop us there. If there's more, keep sharing it with one another around tea and coffee and biscuits. Keep sharing. And hopefully as you go into your week, um, you will also want to do this. Because it's while you're hearing these kind of things, being reminded of grace and God's love and what he has done through Jesus Christ, that it carries us. That, And that's what I'm part of what I'm thankful for this week, is the reminder that as I keep talking about Jesus Christ and others keep talking to me about Jesus Christ, that suddenly the obscure things in this world become very small and unimportant, and he takes his rightful place. I mean, that, that's amazing. Let's pray, and then we'll close in with the last song. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. What more can we say? We thank you for your Son. We thank you for what you have done for us through his death and resurrection on the cross. We thank you that because of you, because of your Son, what you've done for us, that you've shown grace, and that grace removes obstacles, removes anything that comes between us. And Lord, where there are things that are just so deeply lodged in our hearts and in our minds that just seem to not want to shift, Lord, I pray that those things will slowly loosen,
And that as our relationship with you grows deeper, the things that are stopping us from getting deeper will slowly be removed, bit by bit. The Lord, again, we can only thank you and praise you and glorify you for your Son, for the relationship that we get to have with you and that we therefore get to have with one another as a family. And may it become deeper as we grow. And we pray this all in the only name possible, Jesus Christ. Amen.